0: P.I.I. item 326, October 31st, 2014. MCX and currency are evil.
1: Welcome to Today in iPhone.
2: Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gola. Oh yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who
0: I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Harrys.com, where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first purchase. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob, I made this song called I Think You're Evil with my iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, Jeff J." Thanks, Jeff, for that very appropriate music for this episode. Not just for the date, but also for the content. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. also want to thank Anthony for sending in the artwork for today's show. Anthony wrote, Hi Rob, I made this photo using the iPad Air 2 wallpaper and the Photor app. F-O-T-O-R app. And my iPhone 6. And to add text and make slight lighting adjustments... Enjoy the show and keep up the good work. Regards, Anthony W. in Springfield Mo. Well, Anthony, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Anthony's artwork in the free TII app via the bonus button for episode 326, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music, you've created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Sorry Apple, the BlackBerry Z10 is hotter than the iPhone. Unquote. Jesus Diaz Gizmodo, 28th of January, 2013. Why is the tech press just so anxious to bet against Apple? I mean, come on, really, how many puppies could Steve Jobs have actually drowned of theirs? Because it really doesn't seem... Too many tech journalists are like Mr. Diaz here and just completely biased against Apple that they prop up any crap as being better than the latest iPhone or Apple product. Just saying. This week, we have promo codes for a couple of apps. The first app is for the app Notify, formerly Notes. here is the written review from the dev. Notify, N-O-T-E-I-F-Y, formerly Notes, is a simple, beautiful, and usable notes app with reminders. Notes are customizable, so you can change fonts, themes, and color of notes. Also, you can set a password to lock down your notes and protect your data. There's automatic backup of notes, and you can synchronize notes across your devices using Dropbox. You can also set up folders to better manage your notes. The app, again, is Notify, spelled N-O-T-E-I-F-Y. Well, thanks, Sergi, for your review of your app, Notify, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Notify in the subject line. The second app we have promo codes for is the app Slenderman Origins 2. Here is the review from the dev. Hello everyone, we're a small team of independent developers, and today we'd like to present the second game in our Slenderman series, Slenderman Origins 2. Our main goal was to create a new, more exciting, and intriguing gameplay, as well as to correct the mistakes we did while developing the first game. One of the key aspects we wanted to change was the lack of a plot throughout the game. In the new title, the player continuously discovers new clues and pushes the story further. The game includes solving puzzles, exploring, researching lore surrounding Slenderman and surviving encounters with dark creatures. It features improved graphics, an incredible soundtrack and a solid story to back it all up. Thanks for listening and have fun playing! Thanks to Dev for his review of his app, Slenderman Origins 2, and for sending in the promo codes a giveaway. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Slender in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple apps in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60 second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Hi Rob. Apple Pay is increasingly becoming my favorite form of transaction, and I'm even finding myself going an extra mile to go to the store that supports it. With stores like Rite Aid and CVS turning off NFC to block Apple Pay and Google Wallet in favor of currency, could Apple and Google block their apps from the app stores in retaliation? Seems like that would be the perfect counter-strike. What are your thoughts on this? Regards, Aaron from his iPhone 6. Thanks, Aaron, and everyone else that sent in links or asked about this. Remember, two wrongs do not a right make. And this overall article, really, um, a lot of people sent in about this one. This is a subject that hit a nerve uh, with a lot of you and with me as well. And this is the story about CVS and Rite Aid working very, very hard to help Walgreens increase their customer base and extend their lead in market share in the U.S. And CVS and Rite Aid are helping Walgreens by blocking Apple Pay and Google Wallet also. If this felt like a slap in the face to all iPhone 6 and 6 Plus customers, you'd be correct. Yes, yes it was. Make no mistake, this had nothing, zero, nada, zip to do with Google Wallet. It sat there with their dismal use for two years. They didn't shut it down. It was Apple Pay and only Apple Pay that caused this situation to come about. reached out to CVS to ask about why they did this. Here was their, I am sure, can response to me. Quote, Hello Rob, I have received your email regarding our inability to accept Apple Pay and other mobile payments that use NFC technology. Your feedback is appreciated. Be taken into consideration while well, we are in the process of evaluating mobile payment options for our customers, please accept my sincerest apology for any inconvenience. Donna, CVS Customer Relations. Unquote. I appreciate that there was a reply, but the reply was a non answer. CVS, please consider this. If I now have to choose between going to Walgreens or CVS going forward, it is a very easy choice. I am to going to go where they support Apple Pay, like I did this evening. Little by little, others will make that decision. Anytime you are a retail store and you do things that are not customer-friendly, it definitely bites you in the arse. Some are writing in and saying we should boycott CVS and Rite Aid. But I say take it one step further. Leave it at the counter. In other words, go to CVS or Rite Aid. Gather up what you planned on buying and then go to pay with Apple Pay And when they say they don't accept it, smile, say, oh, that's a shame. I'm going over to Walgreens. And then say, have a nice day and walk out. Be polite. It's not the person behind the counter making this call. But if enough people do this, they will be able to see how many sales they voided and in turn how much business they are losing. That is something when you boycott, they can only estimate. So leave it at the counter. Gather it up, go up there, try to pay. When they refuse, just leave it at the counter and walk out. If CVS and Rite Aid get enough reports of people leaving it at the counter, they might reconsider faster. Fact is, if you do nothing, it probably will not matter. Because any time a decision like this that is made to hurt the interests of the consumer is done by a retail store, it is a decision that either is reversed or causes the company to go out of business. Guess the question is, which one will happen for CVS and Rite Aid first? Eating of humble pie or the path that GTAT took to bankruptcy? Either way, if you own CVS and Rite Aid stock, yeah, not something I'd be recommending you hold on to right now. That was the gloss over it part of the story. Here is some more details on the story. And the reason I held the details to the end of this part of it is when I tell you the details, you may find it hard to believe. Seems CVS, Rite Aid, Walmart, Target, Shell, Bed Bath & Beyond, Dunkin' Donuts, Gap, Sears, Wendy's, and others are part of a consortium that they call MCX. But to keep it short, we will just call them the Axis of Evil. Seems the Axis of Evil has their own mobile payment system in the works, called Current C. This will not be launched until 2015, And this is where it gets really hard to believe. Their technology is based on QR codes. Yes, I said that right. You heard it right. QR codes. Nope. No need to hit the 15 or 30 second back button. QR codes. And rather than work with your credit card, it works directly with your checking account. Because, well... We all want a QR code-based payment system tied directly to our banking accounts. Yikes! Their system is not as secure as Apple Pay and not anywhere as user-friendly as Apple Pay, but it does allow the companies to share all the data they gather on you and bypass the credit card company processing fees. Wait. Gathering all the data on you? that's That's not a good thing. How does that help consumers? Anyway, well... It's not good to the consumer who values his or her privacy, at least. This system benefits one group, one group only, the retailers. There's no benefit for consumers. It's not as secure, and it works with your checking account, and is really, really convoluted to use. This is how you use currency currently. And uh, tip of the hat to Jay Carroll for this. One, unlock your phone. Two, open the currency app. Three, select pay. Four, scan the store QR code. Five, let the cashier scan your QR code. Six, have the money deducted from your checking account with limited fraud protection. Seven, let the store and every other store in the consortium track and share all your purchases, oh, and also your health information. Yikes. So, Mrs. Lincoln, other than that, how was the play? At the end of the day... Current C will not even get a C grade. It will be current F. This will not take off. It will be a horrible, horrible failure. And on top of that, CVS and Rite Aid get huge black eyes over being the idiots that actually turned off their already working NFC payments that were working with Apple Pay. Walmart, who is leading the Axis of Evil payment system, had this to say when asked why they were against Apple's payment system. Quote, There are certainly a lot of compelling technologies being developed, which is great for mobile commerce industry as a whole. Ultimately, what matters is that the consumer have a payment option that is widely accepted, secure, and developed with their best interests in mind. MCX, members, merchants, already collectively serve majority of americans everyday mcx members believe merchants are in the best position to provide a mobile solution because of their deep insights into the customer shopping and buying experience unquoted or in other words walmart did not answer the question because the only mobile payment system that has ever been developed with the cu- consumer and the customer's best interest in mind is apple pay not google wallet And definitely not Current F or Current C from the Axis of Evil. The whole goal of retail is to quickly and easily separate your customer from their money. Apple Pay achieves that goal. Current C definitely does not. And as such, ultimately it will get pressure from internal members to kill this beast before it kills them. I would bet some of the members are glad Apple Pay is here to help kill the beast. It will be interesting to see the first Access of Evil member to stand up and publicly defend Apple Pay and talk trash about currency. Now, I should mention Myers actually is listed as a currency member, or MCX member, and also as an Apple Pay member. So it looks like they are the first one to straddle both sides of the fence. Um, but they have publicly stated that they are going to continue to support Apple Pay but they haven't said anything bad about currency. let's see who the first one is to really talk trash about currency. I did put together an infographic on who supports Apple Pay, the forces of good, and who is blocking Apple Pay, the axis of evil. This infographic is available as a PDF in the TI app. The original had one mistake. It had Starbucks in there for Apple Pay, but that is not the case in the stores, just online. And if you want to find this, just go into the TI app. It is the post right before episode 326. So it's between 325 and 326, or just hit PDF. And it's the most recent one uh, as of October 31st in the list for PDFs. And now we've reached the perfect storm for currency. First, it is shown to be the possessed demon spawn child of the evil axis of retailers. And then it is shown to be hackable as they just sent out an email saying some of their beta users' emails were obtained by hackers that broke into the system. Yikes! Now, some may think I am giving currency some unfair coverage, but let's look at their privacy policy, and it reveals that signing up will require your driver's license number, social security number, date of birth, and more to authenticate your identity. Then it connects to your checking account, The currency app promises it doesn't use such information, quote, for marketing purposes, unquote. MCX is free to share with marketers and other companies the rest of the data it collects, your name, home address, email, phone number, and actual location at all times. Aside from payments, the app will also help stores better track shoppers to target them for advertising. Just peachy. Anyone who signs up for Currency is just plain dumb. I mean D-U-M-B, dumb. Currency has already been hacked, and Currency requires all of your personal info a hacker would need to take over all your finances. This will not end well. Run away, run away as fast as you can.
3: Hello, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. I'm calling in the response to this whole thing going on with Apple Pay and all these um, big merchants that are opting out. I just, I, what I think is so insane here is that they're doing, they're blocking this because they're trying to keep Apple Pay out but the truth of it is they're also blocking Tap to Pay cards and even Google Wallet. I was thinking, hey, maybe this is one thing that Android and Apple people did come together on and be like, hey, you know, we want to be able to use this and it, it doesn't cost. What it drives me really crazy is it doesn't cost the merchants any more money to to take Apple Pay. The banks are the ones that are giving Apple the cut. I, I just, it's so frustrating to me to see this really great. I mean, now that I've used Apple Pay, it's so easy. It feels, it seems really secure. And now you've got big time people that are just like, just you know, turning their turning their backs to it. And I guess just to make this long story short here, I just think that Apple Pay and stuff like this, is, it's the future and like all the other countries in the world have gone to chip and pin and here in the United States we're fighting over tap to pay to do some weird barcode scanning payment system that's been known to be very unsecure and also, I mean, I think it, where it's been deployed it often gets shut down because you can have, you can easily um, hijack someone's barcode and steal money directly from their bank account. And not only that, the main reason they want to do this is so they can track you while you pay. And they already have loyalty cards for that. Like, and people just use them because you get discounts. It's not like people won't use loyalty cards. So even Apple Pay users would easily, would gladly use one of these bonus cards to get things. So like, I don't understand why they need this. And the fact that this system is knocking out NFC for everyone. It's just insane to me. And I really, I'm going to try my best not to, not to spend as much money in these businesses as I can, but it's kind of hard because there's so many of them. Anyway, I know kind of went on about this, but this is something that really has me upset because I think that we should be embracing these new, safer ways to pay instead of just shutting them down, so... All right. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate the show, and have a great day. Thanks.
0: Bye. So how is Apple Pay actually doing so far? Well, according to Tim Cook, who was told by the credit card companies, Apple Pay is already the number one most used mobile payment system, and it's not even close for the others. Actually, what Tim said was, quote, We're already number one. We're more than the total of the other guys, unquote. Looks like this two-week-old is already the 800-pound gorilla in the room. But a good gorilla. The Megilla gorilla type gorilla. Well, there is one thing I will not be purchasing at Walgreens or any other store for that matter, and that is my razors. Nope. Harry's, it is for me. I am all in. They are such a great razor and give a great, great shave. Be it your face, your head, or anywhere else. I love my Harry's razors. And I want to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode. And if you go to harrys.com... That is H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and use promo code T-I-I, you will save $5 on your first order. Let's face it, guys, one of the worst parts about shaving is tracking down that person to unlock the display case so you can get the razors. The other worst part is the price you pay for said razors when you go to that checkout counter. Even if you're using Apple Pay, it's still painful. Harry's helps you on both fronts. No need to go to the store. You just order online and get the razors delivered right to your door with free shipping. This starter kit, the Truman set, is amazing. For $15, you get a razor, foaming shave gel, three razor blades, all in a great package that screams, gift me, gift me, are you listening, ladies? Christmas is coming. The blades are high-quality German blades from a 93-year-old factory that Harry likes so much they purchased it outright. And the new foaming shave gel is great. If you look at what it's made from, you might not know if you should eat it or shave with it. The ingredients include licorice root extract and a blend of cucumber plus there's some aloe. And after using it, my wife was asking me what smelled so good. So the first time I used it, she was really impressed with the smell of it. It really is nice to shave with something that's not made from industrial chemicals. You know, when you use some of those other shave creams, you know, the blue ones that foam up, you feel like Com- and smell like you've been covered in chemicals, but when you use the foaming shave gel from Harry's, it really smells nice and it's very soothing for the face and the, in my head. So I really like it. If you look at my picture in the banner for Harry's over on the TIA website, you will see me wearing my Warby Parker glasses on my Harry's shaven head. And I mention that because Jeff, the co-founder of Harry's, is also the co-founder of Warby Parker. That means. You know you're getting the same great quality experience as you get with Warby Parker, and they have a good social mission where 1% of sales and at least 1% of employees' time is donated to organizations to help people for personal and professional success. With harrys.com, you get a shave that feels really good from a company that you can really feel good about. And once again, go to harrys.com right now and save $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter the coupon code TII at checkout to save $5 on your first purchase and start shaving better today. Or, well, at least as soon as your new shave kit arrives at your doorstep, which is really, really cool. Now it's only fitting that for a Halloween episode we have this evil theme going on and another company getting into the Halloween spirit and showing their evil side is AT&T. If you remember from the last episode, I mentioned one of the features for the new iPads that Apple didn't mention on stage was that they came with an Apple SIM card, meaning in theory you could switch between carriers as you wanted. You know, you need little data access with this carrier and then you could go over to another carrier no need to change SIMs. Well, theory and reality are rarely the same, and AT&T throwing on their Darth Vader costume showed us that in this case, theory and reality are very different. Seems if you sign up for a data plan with AT&T, they will then lock down your Apple SIM to AT&T permanently. Meaning if you then want to use T-Mobile or Sprint, well, no soup for you, at least with that Apple SIM card as you will need to go get another SIM card, i.e. pay for another SIM card if you want to use anyone else. at and spokesman Mark Siegel told VentureBeat, hey, the iPad is an open device, users just need to get another SIM card. And when he was asked why at and doesn't allow users to switch carriers via the settings tweak, as you know Apple had intended and explained on their site, at and said, quote, Luke, I am your father, and that's just the way we chose to handle it, unquote. He then wringed his hands together, kicked a puppy, stole candy from a baby, and put pineapple on a pizza. Yes, showing just how evil AT&T can be. But you know what? I'm not the only one thinking AT&T is evil. The FTC, that's the Federal Trade Commission, also thinks it's evil as well. And the FTC is suing AT&T for misleading millions of customers on quote unlimited unquote plans by throttling speeds after as little as 2 gigabytes of usage. The FTC alleges AT&T began throttling unlimited customers in 2011, reducing speeds by as much as 90% and at least 3.5 million customers have been throttled. The FTC says that AT&T had received thousands of complaints over its data speed. The FTC said, the issue here is simple. Quote, unlimited means unlimited, unquote. You know, like evil means evil. Just saying. There is a report over on Apple Insider sent in from a few of you. It is titled, quote, iPhone 6 Plus users report persistent, unexplained, crashing issues possibly tied to large app libraries, unquote. Okay, one guess on what this vaguely worded article is about. Wow, correct you are. Seems if you have over 700 apps installed that have, and you have a 128 gigabyte iPhone 6 Plus, you might be seeing this issue. The debate is whether this is a hardware issue or a software issue, but 8.1 did not fix the issue. It was reported before that. I would put my money on this being a software issue, if it's an issue at all. If you are someone with lots of apps, 700+, plus, on your iPhone 6+, and are seeing this issue, let me know. And if you had this issue and have it fixed, where it's not doing it anymore, either by restoring, and then uh, as a brand new phone, and then manually installing or reinstalling each app one by one by one by one. Well, you get the picture. But if you did that and it fixed the issue, let us know. Or let us know what other method you use. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com.
1: Hey, Rob. This is Gregory from Ohio. Hey, listen. uh, The caller that was asking about updating to iOS 8.1 on his iPad 2, it works. I have it on mine. Only thing, it's just a little slow. But it, it works. It's manageable and it works, so you can go ahead and do it. All right. Enjoy your show. Have a good one. Bye.
0: Gregory, thanks for that feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. My upgrade path was from 7.1.2 to 8.0.2 to 8.1. I was adventuresome, and I knew this would be Apple's last hurrah for the vulnerable iPad 2. It was running fine at 7.1.2, but I wanted to get the last update before I sell trade it in later, from myself, given Christmas present of the iPad Air 2 in December. I did not have any of the problems that others have reported with Bluetooth or Wi Fi, but in my opinion, I took a big performance hit. The graphics and touch responses are noticeably slower with iOS 8.x, and if I were planning on keeping my iPad 2 for any appreciable amount of time, I would be regretting upgrading. Also, I like to use the iPad in landscape mode. With the home button on the right, many programs now, including the home screen, will initially display their information upside down. I can correct this by rotating the device 90 degrees and back, but I didn't have to do it before. Recommendation, leave your iPad 2 at 7.1.2. Also appreciate the Google Plus community, as it is a great companion to the show. Regards, Stan B., Winchester, Kentucky. And that's kind of how the feedback went 50 50. Some people saying you go ahead and upgrade the iPad 2, some saying don't upgrade the iPad 2. One of the things is if you do decide to upgrade the iPad 2, make sure you have all animation, all that transition stuff turned off. You, you want to get that turned off because that will definitely slow things down. Hi, Rob. Per third party keyboards I love, it is Text Expander Keyboard. Works great, syncs with Dropbox, uses the same shortcuts as my Mac computer. Also shows upper and lower case letters. Easy to switch from Apple predictive text, keyboard, and emoji. Give it a try. Also, I have a 802.11ac Apple Airport time capsule router. It is awesome. I have Mediacom cable, 150 megabits per second down and 20 megabits per second up speed. With my iPad Air 2 that has 802.11ac, I did a speed test and I'm getting 175 megabits per second down and 35 megabits per second up speeds. Regards, David D. Thanks, David, for the feedback.
1: Hey, Rob. Thomas and Malibu. I just wanted to share with you my experience in updating my uh, um, iPhone 6 to 8.1 and, I've, and iPad 2 to 8.1. I've had, uh, the iPhone 6 went smoothly and easily. I backed it up, I put it, plugged it into the computer, and the computer downloaded the file. everything went very smoothly, very easily. next day, I've had to bricked it three times, unbelievably difficult. so finally went back to just absolute bare bones start from uh, a dead iPad and reloaded the software, and then had to download the backup, which I'd done before. Thank you very much for your advice and uh, reloaded everything, all the pictures, all the songs, all the apps. Took two hours, but man, I was, I was ready for that. So thank you very much for your advice, and that's an iPad 2. I'd say don't do it unless you need to do something with uh, 8.1. point one. Don't stay at, stay at 7. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks, Thomas, for the feedback. Well, we are now well over 1,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community this past week came from me. And it was a post showing the infographic about the forces of good, those supporting Apple Pay, and the forces of evil, those blocking Apple Pay. And there are over 30 comments for that post. Obviously a topic of contention, except in our community it was not contentious. But I put that same exact post over on the Apple board. So that's the public Apple board for Google Plus where Android fanboys do roam, and they just wanted to talk about Google Wallet leading the way and Google Wallet this and Google Wallet that and Google and Android, yada, yada, yada. And, they, and that we should not call it Apple Pay, but NFC payment, again, yada, yada. I am so glad we have our community. And for all of you that participate in it, here is my thoughts on Google Wallet. It did not lead the way. It was not the first mobile payment by any stretch of the imagination. And in the U.S., it languished. And actually, the one word you will see over and over again when people are describing the uptake by users of Google Wallet is the word dismal. Some would argue, and I am one of them, that Google Wallet's horrible uptake actually hurt mobile payments in the U.S. It was not until Apple Pay came to the U.S., that there was a real, usable, mobile payment system that was end-user friendly. And the best thing that's ever happened to Google Wallet was Apple Pay. For some reason, Google fanboys did not want to hear that. They just want to say that Apple Pay and Google Wallet are the same. They are definitely not the same. No more than a Ferrari and a Hugo are the same because they both run on gas. Sure, both Google Wallet and Apple Pay run on NFC. But that's where the comparison stops. Google Wallet is a clunky and not user-friendly system. You have to unlock your phone, enter in a PIN number, find the app, enter in a PIN, then tap Pay. Hey. Yeah, not exactly easy. Definitely not as easy as Apple Pay. You also have to provide lots of personal info to sign up, and Google shares your data plus uh, your pushes ads to you, so it's, there's no privacy there. Again, Apple Pay is not the same as Google Wallet. Uh, but watch closely as the tech press over the next few weeks will start trying to link them together and say they are the same. Soapbox, I do steppeth down. Anyway, this past week, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of other posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is Android Boys Free Zone, thankfully, and Spammer Free Zone. Yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 1,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. And please invite your friends and neighbors and relatives to join the community if they're interested in iOS. And if you submitted to join and were not accepted, haven't been accepted yet, please email me todayinios at gmail.com and let me know. I do reject quite a few people applying to join because they are either spammers or clearly Google fanboys or both. But sometimes I will reject someone that just look that way. Fanboy profiling is kind of an art, not a science, so sorry for anyone I rejected in error. Also, there was uh, this question that came in on the Google Plus community tonight from Arthur Haskin. Quote, any suggestions on what to use with an iPhone 6 Plus to connect to a projector, VGA, and external speakers, unquote. There are two answers, which are what I would have given as well. And the two answers, one came from Jay Carroll. He said, Apple TV, if you have a projector that can connect to Apple TV. And that would definitely be a good way to go. That would probably be the first choice. If not, then what Myron Eucher suggested is a, a very good suggestion as well. Quote, If your projector has HDMI input, use a lightning digital AV cable. If it has VGA, use a lightning to VGA adapter. Both are available from the Apple Store or anybody who sells Apple devices. Look for them in the cables in dock section of the Apple Store app, unquote. Again, thanks to all that answered the question there from Arthur. A little more on how the sapphire turns soap opera. Well, it looks like some information is starting to leak out, or just plain come out in the court docs. Not surprisingly, poor sapphire yield issues are what did in GTAT. I think, starting to look like the main way around the yield issues is a total, or was a total redesign and development of the furnaces. You know, the one they made over two thousand of, and cost. Almost a half a billion dollars of funding from Apple to make. Sadly, it was not just the lost jobs of GTAT that were the outcome of this mess, which is over 800 plus GTAT jobs and counting, but partners and suppliers to GTAT such as Manns and Meyer Berger. They had to reduce a headcount as well, with a reduction of 105 staff at their Colorado Springs facility. The ripple effect of this is probably well over a 1,000 jobs by now that have been lost. That really is the sad news on all this. GTAT COO Daniel Squiller filed a declaration with the bankruptcy court in Delaware this week in which he told his side of the story of what happened. Not shockingly, he tried to throw Apple under the bus and say it was all their fault. Them, they did it. He said GTAT assumed all of the risks in the deal while Apple was responsible for none of it. That GTAT committed to supplying significant amounts of sapphire to Apple exclusively, but Apple was under no obligation to purchase any of it. He also said the fabrication costs were higher than anticipated and it was Apple that selected the fabrication equipment and they could not economically produce a product that Apple would accept. Also, GTAT could not negotiate changes in pricing with Apple, and as such, it sold Sapphire material at a substantial loss. Oh, yeah, I can totally see how all of that was Apple's fault. I mean, it surely had nothing to do with the poor negotiations by GTAT execs or GTAT's inability to accurately forecast production yields and costs. Actually, in Squiller's declaration, he gave a list of items on how he expects Apple to respond. Note this is Squiller stating what he thinks Apple will say based on his conversations with Apple, not yet what Apple has actually said publicly. 1. The failure of the project was due to GTAT's inability to manufacture Sapphire in accordance with the agreement. 2. GTAT was free to walk away from negotiations at any point in 2013. 3. Contrary to GTAT's assertions, Apple accepted substantial risks in the deal. 4. GTAT mutually agreed to the specifications it failed to meet. 5. Apple did not wrongfully control or interfere with GTAT's operations. 6. Apple did not know how much money GTAT was losing as a result of the project. The more I read about this, the more I am convinced this is a case of really, really bad management on GTAT's side. GTAT agreed to a contract with terms so one-sided that it was complete negligence on GTAT executives' part. This was like a third-grade Little Leaguer going up to bat against Bumgarner. They just were not in the same league at all. But that shiny brass ring looked so good, and they so wanted to play in the big leagues. Things went wrong. JTAT way underestimated the costs and priced the product too low and had agreed to such a one sided agreement. When the crap hit the fan, they were the one it came back on pretty much almost exclusively. Someday, this entire story is going to make for a very, very interesting case study that would be gone over and over and over in business schools around the country for years and years and years. GTAT blames Apple, but really, what did Apple do wrong here? Were they supposed to say, oh no, you guys really should not agree to this contract. It's way too one-sided. This is not a faller playing basketball in the driveway with his 8-year-old son where it's okay to take it easy on him a little bit. This is business, and both sides are supposed to negotiate for their best interests. Again, to me, it looks like it's just a case that GTAT was clearly, clearly out of their league. I'm sure Apple wishes things were different, like, you know, having a reliable Sapphire supplier who is delivering good product and turning a profit so they can keep supplying more product and lower the price. Will this hurt Apple with its other suppliers at some, you know, as, as I'm reading in some other articles are basically saying, oh, this is going to hurt Apple's rep with their suppliers. I don't think so. Here's why. No other supplier would ever think they are as dumb as GTAT was. I mean, when you start reading the details, you're going, what were they thinking? And the riches of supplying to Apple are still pretty attractive. So you have the suppliers who are still going to be tripping over themselves to work with Apple. And you have them thinking uh, from hubris that I'm not as dumb as those guys were. So is this going to hurt Apple with their suppliers? I don't think so.
4: Hey, Rob. This is Ben Droboff from Tampa. I wanted to call in with a real-world performance review of the iPad Air 2. I usually just use my iPad while sitting on the couch watching sports, flipping back and forth between safari tabs and sports apps and maybe a couple of streams and highlight reels. And the iPad Air was actually a step back in that use case from the previous iPad Retina that I had. And the best explanation that I received was because of the 64-bit architect, the move to 64-bit without an increase in RAM. Well, I'm happy to say that the iPad Air 2 does not have the same problem, and that problem is apps and Safari tabs reloading almost constantly. With the iPad Air 2, I have tr- much a much better multitasking experience where I can switch back and forth between multiple tabs and multiple apps without those apps and tabs reloading each time I return to them. So it's definitely a, a significant improvement from the iPad Air for anyone who does a lot of multitasking. Thanks, Rob.
0: Ben, thanks for that feedback.
4: Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob.
0: I have tried quite a few of the third-party keyboards and have three loaded plus the stock one. Swift key, swipe, path input. They all have some good things uh, to them, but I seem to drift back to swipe. The dark theme is really nice, Uh, one of five available. When you drag your finger, instead of typing... Uh, Swipe leaves the nicest trail line and seems much more fluid. I seem to get far more accurate results from their interpretation of what I'm typing or trying to type. The one thing it does that others don't do is it allows you to use the backspace to remove the whole last word that may have been automatically chosen by the software. This makes it much easier to remove errors or just to reword your sentences. The keyboard choices are great. It really improves my typing speed, as I've never used two-thumb typing uh, that others seem to master. They all have slightly different layouts, and these can make a difference to an individual. I will keep trying the others and update as they are done, but swipe is the best from my point of view. Regards, Frasier. Well, thank you very much, Fraser. Hey Rob, wanted to ask if anyone knows of a great web browser that supports Flash Player to go on an iPad or iPhone. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Jonah. Jonah, thanks for writing in. Vbrowse, one word, V-B-R-O-W-S-E, is the Flash browser I have used in the past when I needed a Flash element for one site or another. Have not tried it since iOS 8 came out, but in the past it worked very well on iOS 7.1.2. And I hope that works for you. Hi, Rob. I updated my iPhone 4 to iOS 8.1. It's working well. I'm surprised. The reason I took the risk was that when I changed SIM cards, the screen started to flicker, hence feeling the need to upgrade as a last resort. After other hair-pulling alternatives, I was pleasantly surprised I find the autofill in feature in the text-based apps. Example emails, very useful. I'm using it right now. Love the ability to change the boldness and size of the font, which iOS 7 didn't do well. I like being able to access favorites when double pressing the home button. That's cool. Even love the cool wallpapers. My phone is even working faster. I have not yet tested its synchronizing ability in relation to Yosemite on the Macs. Reports say that's not, uh, don't do that yet. I have been waiting for Apple to show me. They are still focused on that marriage between usability and aesthetics. I've been mourning Steve for a while now. iOS 8.1 will be the light at the end of the tunnel, I hope. Regards, Tash.
1: Hey, Rob. This is Joe from New Jersey. And the question I have is, every time I, uh, my phone says that I don't have enough storage in my iCloud, So what I have to do is delete the last backup in order to do a new backup. And it's very annoying. It takes a long time to do it instead of just automatically doing it at night when I hook up to my Wi-Fi. So I wonder if that's a problem that everyone's having or something I can do about it. Thank you very much. I look forward to hearing it on the show.
0: Joe, thanks for calling in. Now, one obvious thing that you can do is upgrade your iCloud storage amount to the next level so that you have more storage available. Beyond that, if anyone has any suggestions for Joe, give us a call. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I think it would do many of us a favor if you covered the best apps to network with printers attached to desktops and wireless options. Many of us need this info before we spend money on apps we can't get to work. Thanks loyal listener, Dan C. from Seal Beach, California. Hi, Dan. Well, one thing is to make sure you have a printer that will work with iOS devices. If you have an ePrint printer, you should be all set. Most apps support printing now, and if you have the ePrint printer, you just print as long as both your iOS device and the ePrint printer are on the same Wi-Fi network. However, if your printer does not support ePrint, you can get the XPrint server from Electronics. I mentioned this briefly on the last episode, uh, and now I have used it, and wow, it was really simple to set up. These are the steps one, plug the LAN cable from the router into the XPrint server unit. Two, plug the USB cable from the USB printer to the XPrint server unit. Three, Plug the power into the X print printer server or the Xprint print server box four select your USB printer from your iOS device and print. Nothing else you don't have to go and set anything up. it's just plug into cable three cables really the LAN cable, the USB cable, and the power cable and you're all set and ready to go. Um, now the LAN cable goes to your Wi-Fi router. Uh, it really is that easy. Uh, one of my wife's biggest complaints for the last couple of years has been that she's not been able to print from her iPad to her HP 532 photo printer. This is the USB printer that's just for printing pictures. She loved printing pics uh, to it before when she had it connected to a computer and I had all her pics on that computer, but I had moved all the pics to a different computer and, and then also I put them all onto her 128 gig iPad. So she's actually now managing all of her pictures through the iPad. It really is as simple as selecting that USB printer as one of the options from your iOS device. Nothing special was needed to be done. You literally connect the LAN cable from the router that's going to your Wi-Fi router. Connect the USB cable um, from the printer and then connect the power cord and you're all set, Xprint server. It's about the size of the original iPad Classic, iPod Classic. Oh, I always hate when I do that. sound like I'm from Boston. So you connect it to the original iPod Classic. Uh, It might be just a tad bit thicker. Um, It's around the thickness of a deck of playing cards. And actually, the length and width are just a tad bit less than the iPhone 4. And it is, again, it's a little thicker than the iPhone 4. Uh, Xprint Server works with more than 4,000 top USB and network printers so if you have a favorite old USB printer sitting around and starting to collect dust or just connected to one computer and you wish you could use it with your iOS device this will bring new life to it or more, more functionality to that printer. Thanks Electronix, for sending this along to review. Um, as for pricing and availability the Xprint server is available now for $99.95. Uh, you can go to store.landronix, L A N T R O N I X.com slash shopping cart.asp. Uh, during checkout, um, you guys can enjoy free shipping uh, when you enter the code 2014 ship free. So, 2014 ship free. They're not sponsoring, but they did supply me the unit to test out. And again, thanks, Lentronics, for sending that unit in and for the free promo code for the listeners. And again, that's 2014-2014, ship free, one word. Oh, and electronix, thanks for taking away the one complaint my wife had about printing pictures. Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. wanted to let everybody know about a new update for the photo manipulation app called Painter-esque. Uh, There's new version 2.1, which has finally been updated after more than two years, and is running in a iOS 7, iOS 8 style interface. Finally, uh, if you look at the App Store screenshots, uh, you can see that it puts this very uh, processed
3: image uh, for things like scenery, still lifes, animals, architecture, and it really pops with certain types of photographs. And it's a really cool, uh, you know, filtering app
0: for your iPhone. And I really love it, and I'm glad that there's finally an update. So I wanted to let everybody know, go ahead and support the developers. This is a $2 app. Well, well worth it. And uh, go Giants. Thanks, Kevin, for the review. And Kevin also sent in some artwork that he created with the app. But it was artwork about the San Francisco Giants, and there was zero zip Not a No way in heck that that artwork was getting on this show. Sorry, my kids would never forgive me. They've become true Royal fans. So uh, I'm, I do say congratulations to the Giants. They played a great series. It was a really great series, no matter how you look at it, even though I'm sad how it ended. Um, but one of the best World Series I can remember in a long time since, say, the Boston Mets series back in 86. Now, congrats to the Royals also for making it to the World Series. They came up just short, 90 feet short to be exact.
5: Hey, Rob, it's Missy from Bellbrook, Ohio. I was calling in to recommend a couple apps that I like. Um, the first one is an app um, that I use to create a time lapse video that documents my son aging with the daily like head and shoulders uh, shot. It's, um, I started back in 2011 with an app called Every Day. Um, I love the idea of that, but it had some limitations, including you could only have one subject, which I only had one child in the house at that time, so it was easy to pick him, but if you had multiple kids, that would uh, make the decision kind of hard. Also the developer support was not very good at all for that app. So when I upgraded my uh, phone to the iPhone 6 here recently, I um, started fresh instead of restoring from a backup, which, because I had too much stuff on there. But um, when I did that, the everyday um, import function just randomly skipped multiple photos. And I had had, you know, a mostly daily photo since 2011 of him, and I didn't want just random ones skipped. So I um, started a search to find out if there there were other apps that were available that would do a similar function, which then I stumbled upon a great app, which I love, called Picker, I guess is how you'd pronounce it. It's P-I-C-R. Um, It not only let me import all the photos from the Everyday app, but it has several other uh, great features that I like. The first and main one being that you can have multiple subjects, um, so you don't have to choose your favorite kid if you've got um, more at home. Um, I've also added other streams for other family members, including even my parents, um, when I see them. Um, So it doesn't actually have to be daily. Um, But it provides guides that help you keep the photos somewhat aligned, and even when you create the video, you can select the video quality as as well as the uh, duration of the um, photos. So I love this app. It's amazing. I get to see my son age from 11 years old to 15 and a half in about a minute-long video. I just wish I had started doing it sooner. Um, Along similar lines is another app that I discovered when I was searching for my daily photo app and it's called One Second Every Day. It allows you to create a video that's comprised of little one second snippets. I've not really been a big video recorder in the past, but after using this for a few weeks, I am loving the quick glimpse into my daily life and the memories that it helps me recall. It's got a great interface that allows you to um, real precisely select the one-second portion of any video that you've shot on a given day. And I also really like the philosophy of the guy who created it. He has a cool TED Talk um, about it. I'll send you the link. Um, Thanks for all you do. I appreciate it, as always. And talk to you later
0: missy thanks for that feedback dear rob i have purchased an iphone 6 here in the uae but it is missing facetime which again means that i can't do handover between apple products which kind of sucks do you know of any way to install facetime and make it work here in the uae could you restore it with european ios 8.1 sincerely peter m anyone knows of a way to get FaceTime installed on an iPhone uh, that's located in a location that blocks FaceTime, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi Rob. I have noticed a scratch on my iPhone 6 screen. This is the first time I've ever had such a scratch and I've had it less than a month. Below is a link uh, to uh, to a forum where uh, there's other people complaining. I have already rang support and they said for me to go to the Genius Bar. What do you think is my best strategy when going to see them? As in the forums, it's about fifty-fifty on those who get it replaced. Regards, Stephen R. Hi Stephen. First, find an Apple T-shirt from the opening of a store or a handout of Mac OS or. Something else where it's clearly an Apple t-shirt. Next, set an appointment when they are not busy, mid-morning, during the week, and then be cordial, tell the truth, and say what happened, if you know what happened. uh, Tell them where you are normally keeping your iPhone. Is it in your pocket, front or back, or your laptop bag, or backpack, or shirt pocket, or on a belt clip, or whatever, and see what they say. If they do not replace it, get a screen protector stat. Um, get one either way. Um, there are some good ones out there now. I just put one from Amzer, A-M-Z-E-R, called Crystal, K-R-I-S-T-A-L. That's tempered glass. And that one is on my iPhone 6 Plus. For my wife wife's new iPhone 5S, or not new, but new to her iPhone 5S, my old iPhone 5S, I will be putting on the rhino shield, which just came here, so um, I'll I'll get that on hers. I will talk about both in the future episodes, but definitely get some protection on the screen once you have a resolution of this one way or the other.
2: Hey Rob, Rich in
1: Alabama. Got a question for you about the difference between appointments and meetings according to Siri. I routinely try to schedule things on my calendar using Siri and if it's a, a full-blown work appointment where or meeting where I need to send an invite to somebody, it works fine. But if I just want to, say, schedule lunch with Bob for you know Tuesday at noon, but I don't want to send a meeting invite to Bob, I just want to put it on my calendar, I can't figure out how to do that. So any help you can provide would be greatly appreciated. Appreciate all you do. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Rich, thanks for calling into the show. To create a reminder, this is all you need to do. Create a reminder.
3: Okay, just tell me what you want to be reminded about.
0: Remind me tomorrow at 1 o'clock p.m. that I need to make a phone call to Bob.
3: Here's your reminder. Shall I create it?
0: Sure, create it. I've added it. And Rich, that's all you have to do hey rob it's sal out of new york i was
2: just listening to your last episode and listening to dave out of new jersey i don't know what the heck he's talking about here 802 ios 8.0.2 i didn't i didn't have any problems i didn't have any problems i 8.1 right now okay 801 maybe has a problem but what are you talking about apple that you grew up with they weren't even anywhere near this type of technology but totally different world now. And Hope is doing an incredible job. So, you know, you got to move up to the future here. Living in the past is not the best thing. Thanks. Keep up the great work. Love the show. Hey, Rob, it's Sal in upstate New York, listening to episode 325. I think everybody seems to be missing the point of it's been too long. It was a sarcastic comment about how long it's been since they last announced any new um apple products because it was only a month previously that they had the phone announcements and so on so they were just being a little tongue-in-cheek i don't think anybody caught that keep up the episodes love it take care
0: bye-bye oh no sal they don't get to be tongue in cheek with me they're going to put those words out there they're going to have to live by them and and i want my new apple tv and if you're telling me it's been too long well i'm going to take you at face value or way too long in this case And and I agree, it's been way too long since the last Apple TV. I want my new Apple TV. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. You mentioned transparent aluminum frequently as something to wait for if we can't get sapphire. Sapphire is transparent aluminum. Well, actually, it's transparent aluminum oxide. But isn't that close enough? Regards, Mark B. Oh, I'm so busted. Thanks, Mark. Great. Now I need to go out and find some other Trek reference for these types of things. Hi, Rob. My 6 Plus running iOS 8.1 will no longer sync to my PC with the latest version of iTunes. The sync button is grayed out and will not let me sync. Also, will not let me do a manual backup. Your thoughts? Regards, Todd P. Hey, Rob. Never mind. I should have asked... Should have asked... I just restarted the phone and everything was fine. For some reason, nobody can figure this out over on the Apple help forums, but all you needed to do was restart the phone. Regards, Todd P. Well, thanks, Todd. Glad I was able to help there. Hey, Rob, since your most recent episode wherein you proclaim, Release the Hounds, I've been searching and searching your website for steps to upgrade. I remember some of them, but was looking for the PDF files for both the upgrade steps and the battery saving tips, but have been unsuccessful to find them on your site. Maybe others are struggling to find your tips too. It sure would be great if they were available on your todayinios.com website rather than exclusively through another app. Respectfully submitted Bart in Florida. Hi Bart. The PDFs I created on how to upgrade and how to improve battery life were specifically created for the TI app. The app is now free, and I highly recommend you download the app uh, to get to those articles. If you are thinking, I only created them to get people to download the TI app, yes. Yes, that's exactly what I did. Having the app also means you get pushes when new episodes go out. And it is really the best way to consume the show, and to get all the extras, and to get the push messages when those new episodes go out. Did I mention that? Yes, I think I mentioned that. Because... If you have not noticed, I don't exactly follow a rigid release schedule. Um, Sometimes I release on this day of the week. Sometimes that day. It's very rarely the same two days in a row or same day of the week, two weeks in a row. Uh, I think, and I come from the mindset that you should release a new episode as soon as it's ready and with the vital information included. The TI app and the notifications free me up to release when the next episode is ready, and not force out some subpar episode just to meet some artificial deadline. Sorry, a little podcast rant there. Uh, long of the short, Bart, please download the TI app, go to the episode list, tap on PDF, and you will see the PDFs listed, and then scroll down to the one that you want to look at. And yes, uh, eventually when you get to iOS 8, you will be able, uh, I think it might work in iOS 7, but definitely in iOS 8, you're able to print out from the TII app the new version.
3: Hey, Rob, this is Justin from Pennsylvania again. Um, I'm calling in response to the guy that had the longer wait time at AT&T for the shipping. I can say, I can second that this. I was actually one of the people that was trying to get through at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning on the East Coast to get the, you know, to do my pre-order. And I actually found that even though I got my pre-order completely done, I got in at five after three, and I was done by 20 after three and they give me, they gave me a wait time of sometime into mid October for it. So I was kind of, I was kind of vexed by it. So I called AT&T the next day, once, you know, everything, you know, once all the thing gets up and I saw what they were estimating and they told me that, yep, that's the time, even though someone else I knew that ordered the same phone I got at a different color and they were getting theirs on the day of for no reason that could be explained. By AT and T. So then, I went on Apple's site, saw their lead time was was the still delivering the day of for what I wanted. So I went ahead, ordered through them, canceled my AT and T order, and it was you know everything went just fine that way. But uh, I can just say I don't know what was up with AT and T this year, but man, I would recommend next you know when the you know whenever the next phone comes out, you might want to just avoid even if you're an AT and T customer dealing with them because I can tell you they're going to make you wait, and I don't know why. It just, it seems ridiculous to me that they weren't able to give you a phone when you order within 20 minutes of them going on pre-orders. So I just say, hey, just to let you guys know, I found the same the same thing with AT&T and I would recommend, you know, next time, maybe just avoid ordering from them altogether. together. And uh, I think it would be better because Apple's, you know, support was much better. So thanks. Thanks again, Rob. Have a great day. Hello, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. I was calling in response to you talking about um, third-party keyboards. The one thing I would say is that allowful access is one of the unfortunate... I mean, it's very, it sounds really scary, but that, that has to go that way because of um, these keyboards are too big to fit into what Apple has parameters for the keyboards. So it actually needs to have the ability to talk to its home app in order to use some of it now, it does send information like SwiftKey. Especially has a user license agreement, which I've read. You know, I read it at least, and I also looked up, researched on the, the privacy policy. And I would say SwiftKey, from what I understand, it's pretty well respected in the community as a keyboard that isn't doing the wrong things with your information. However, it is collecting data and it's giving you better results based on who you are and what it knows about you. Yeah, I would say there's definitely some privacy, but I don't think you need to be really that worried about the privacy unless you do work for some company. But then again, I would be surprised to find out if Apple's keyboard with prediction doesn't have some kind of internet tie-in, kind of like, you know, like you can't use Siri if you're not sending that information. So anytime you send a text with Siri, you are sending your information to Apple. So just, you know, I think people should realize that, you know, I think we're talking to other we're sending our stuff over the internet more than we realize, especially now with the new third-party keyboards. But I would say SwiftKey and Swipe are both well-respected apps with good practices. It's, you know, and they've been around a while in the Android world. And from what I've understood, they are well-respected with for their their privacy. If anyone's afraid, I can understand it. But I've been using them since iOS 8 came out on my iPhone 6, and I can be I can tell you that it doesn't seem like anything crazy is happening on my end so thanks again i know i got a little long here but i just wanted to i love third-party keyboards and i would like more people i think people should try them out because it really has made my typing so much better thanks have a great day bye
0: thanks justin for all that feedback and thanks again to harry's for sponsoring this episode please go to harrys.com right now, and save $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com, and enter the promo code TII at checkout to save $5 and start shaving better today, or, well, at least as soon as your new shave kit arrives right to your doorstep. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206 dog Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question, a comment for something someone said on this episode. Or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it, send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show your sure, show, sure. and your feedback is greatly desired and appreciated. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And finally, there is a new and updated TII app that is now free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. Please go right now and download the TII app. Yes, you, right now. Not in a few minutes. Do it now as you're listening to the outgrow music. And a quick programming note, as in scheduling note, and that is I will be in New York next week speaking at AdTech about, yep, you guessed it, podcasting. Which means, well, podcasting and advertising, that is. Which means no new episode next week. Most likely, I'll say 99.99% chance there will be no new episode next week. We'll try to get something up as a post in the TI app, and we'll see about maybe getting an interview or two from the tech floor if there is something interesting for iOS. That all said, the next episode is 99.999%, going to be the week of November 10th, probably mid that week. If you are going to be at AdTech, I would love to meet up with you. I will be talking on Wednesday the 5th at 3.15 or 3.30. I think I'm meeting at 3.15 and the speech is at 3.30. We're doing a panel session. Uh, Please email me if you'd like to meet up at the event. I will be there both days. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different.